Good morning. Uh, good morning, Katrina. Today is um, June the 20th, June the 30th, actually. Uh, June the 30th, Tuesday. So I hope you're doing well. Um, I feel like I'm coming down with something. My throat is a little rough this morning. But uh, anyway, we're going to continue our study through the book of Acts together. Uh, yesterday, we... Uh, good morning, Lori. Bless you. Good to see you. Um, yesterday, we uh, actually got down to verse number 20 in Acts chapter number 9. And uh, we're going to just look for context here uh, today. As you know, when we came into chapter number 9, we witnessed the conversion of Saul. Um, good morning, Donna. Uh, we witnessed the conversion of Saul, and uh, of course we know that Saul had um, went and got letters to Damascus to go to to the synagogues there and to find all who were of the way, uh, to bring them out and to take them back to Jerusalem and try them and have them prosecuted. And the Bible says many of them were killed for their belief in Jesus Christ being the Messiah, uh, and as he journeyed up to Damascus, uh, of course we know that suddenly a light shone around about him and he fell to the earth. Some would argue whether or not he was on a horse or whether he was walking. I think he was walking just uh, just to that period. I don't think that Paul Saul would have been on a horse. But And then, of course, a voice came and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And uh, he says, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest, and it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. In other words, you're fighting me in this. And that leads me to believe that Saul at least had some speculation, some doubt, some inkling that Jesus may have been exactly who he said he was. And, uh, of course, it may not mean that. I'm just trying to extrapolate that from the text. But it seems like, um, because he immediately said, Lord, what would you, what wilt thou have me to do? Um, so, you know, whatever doubts he had was erased within half a verse. <laughs> and, of course, we, we, we know that the Bible is not a play-by-play um, I mean, there may have been more uh, time that elapsed there. Of course, when we read it in hindsight, we just kind of see it as, you know, this is the way this thing went down. But, and of course, there were men that journeyed with him. They were speechless. They heard a voice, but they didn't see what Saul saw. And of course, when he rose from the earth, they brought him to Damascus. And they brought him to a certain disciple whose name was Ananias. And, um, of course, Lord, the Lord had to prepare Ananias because Ananias was part of those synagogues up in Damascus. Ananias was one of those that, G, that Saul was coming to persecute. And the Lord came and said, Ananias, um, um, there's a man coming and uh, I need you to lay your hands on him, pray over him that he might receive his sight. And of course, Ananias kind of fights with this a little bit, uh, kind of like he gives God an update, good morning Alex, um, and says, I have heard, you know, how many of this man, how, how much evil he hath done uh, to thy saints at Jerusalem. 
And of course, you already know where I'm coming from in my study on the book of Acts. The only saints in Jerusalem were Jews. Um, and they, that he hath a lot of authority from the chief priests, and he binds all that call upon thy name. And then Jesus, the Lord, not even attempting to explain uh, anything to Ananias, just says, go thy way. <laughs> just go do what I've told you to do, for he's a chosen vessel unto me. And he's going to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. And leave him to me. I'll show him what things he has to suffer for my name's sake. And, um, and then, of course, Ananias prays. Good morning, Scott. Ananias prays. And when he prays, uh, Saul can see. And, um, and uh, he, uh, he, he's baptized and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in verse number 19, in Acts chapter 9, And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was certain Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. So, so now he's fellowshipping with the very people that he was going originally to persecute. I mean, think about that. <laughs> and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue. And again, he's preaching Christ as the Messiah um, the king, the kingdom message, repent for the kingdom of heaven, repent and be baptized for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But all that heard him were amazed and said, is not this he that destroyed them, which called on his name in Jerusalem and came thither with that hither with that intent that he might bring them bound into the chief priest? Um, obviously, there's a lot of people very doubtful if this was a true conversion or not. I mean, isn't this the same guy that you know, you know, you know, participated in the stoning of of Stephen by giving his 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 uh, assent to it? But in verse number 22, it says, "But Saul increased the more in strength." And confounded the Jews which dwelt in Jerusalem, proving that he was the very Christ. Um, so in spite of their concerns, God used Saul, and he increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt in Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. Um, so... Notice it says he was proving that this is very Christ. See, this was the entire ministry of the apostles. Their ministry was to preach Christ. The word proving there in the original means to drive together, to unite, to infer, to show, to teach. In other words, Paul, Saul, as well as the rest of the apostles, when it says to drive together, to unite, they were preaching the Old Testament scriptures and showing that this Jesus was the, their very Messiah. So when it says he's proving, he's uniting uh, the scriptures with Jesus, he's driving together the prophecies with Jesus. Um, he was proving from the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus was their Messiah. Look in verse 23. And after that, and after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying wait was known to Saul, 
and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. And then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. So notice it says that after many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. Now, many people believe that it was after this escape that marks the beginning of the three years that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter number one uh, before he heads down to Jerusalem in verse 26. So in other words, from the time he left here in verse number 25 from Damascus, it took him three years to get to the next verse, the verse 26 down into Jerusalem. And the only way we know this is by comparing with scripture with scripture, because in Galatians 1 verse number 16, uh, Paul said, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them that were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and I returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to see Peter and I abode with him for 15 days. So verse number 26 is, and when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. So there is a gap between uh, verse number 25, when the disciples stuck him by night and led him down a wall in a basket to escape, and when he actually came to Jerusalem. There's a three-year gap when he was in Arabia. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11.32, Paul mentions it again when he says, But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned. Ah, that's not it. Um, remember when you come together, that's not what I was looking for. Paul refers to this event in one, in, in the, in the, I wonder if it's 2 Corinthians. But he, he refers to this three-year gap between when he left Damascus and when he came into Jerusalem. And, and the point I'm trying to make, I mean, the, the three-year period is, is pretty well known. That's not in doubt. What's in doubt is what happened during this three years in Arabia. Um, is this when God showed him the mystery? Is this when God came to him and shared with him about the body of Christ, shared with him <clears throat> to preach the gospel of grace. Um, I don't tend to lean that way because understand at this point, Paul, <clears throat> Saul is converted under the gospel of the kingdom and Saul is preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's preaching Christ. He's proving that he is the very Christ. He's not preaching the gospel of grace. So the question is, when did he get the gospel of grace? Well, some people say that he might have got it between Damascus and Jerusalem during that three-year period that he went into Arabia. Um, I think it, I just personally, you know, and I'm studying this and I encourage you to do the same. I don't think it's necessarily during this time period, but I do think it was very shortly after he left Jerusalem. Um, so 
I, I tend to think that it was sometime after Arabia and sometime after Jerusalem during that 14 year period before he returned back to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15 for the Jerusalem Council. Um, in Galatians chapter 2 verse number 1, then 14 years after I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas, with Titus, with me also, I went up by revelation and communicated to, to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of res reputation, lest by any means I should run in vain. So, I don't think he received it during the three years between Damascus and his first trip to Jerusalem. Because if he had, he certainly would have shared that with the apostles, I would think, in Jerusalem the very first time he went. So my speculation, and that's what it is, is that he received it sometime after verse number 26 in his first visit to Jerusalem with Peter. And I believe that time period was like two weeks. Uh, and 14 years later when he came back in Acts chapter number 15. So somewhere in that time period of 14 years is when he received it. Now most will say, some will say that he received it very shortly after that first trip to Jerusalem. And there are some things in the text that would make us believe that. Um, here, just give you my notes here. Some do believe that it might have been just after this first Jerusalem visit that he may have received the mystery. Because when Paul gives his testimony in Acts twenty-two seventeen through 21, he told them that he was going to be sent far hence unto the Gentiles. So he was already by this time um, looking toward the Gentiles. So, you know, in Acts 15, 23, and they wrote letters by them after this manner, the apostles and the elders, brethren, send greeting unto the brethren, which are the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. So by the time he does arrive in Jerusalem in Acts 15, which is 15 years later, he's already mentioning these Gentile believers which are in Syria, Cilicia, and Antioch, which is where he goes next after he left Jerusalem. So it makes sense to me that he probably received the gospel, the, myst the mystery, right after he left Jerusalem here this first time in chapter number 26. I mean, verse number 26. Because if you look on a map, I'm looking at one now, and you see... Uh, Jerusalem, you go north of Jerusalem, you're in Caesarea, and then you're in Syria, Antioch, Tarsus, and Cilicia, and that's where he went uh, after, after, and we're going to see this in verse number 30, that that's where he goes right after he leaves Jerusalem. So if he's already talking about Gentile believers in chapter number 15 of Acts, um, the the time he was there was right after he left Jerusalem. So it lends itself, and I hope I'm trying. I'm trying to make sense. It lends himself. It lends itself 
that he may have received it right after that three years in Arabia after he departed from Jerusalem. Because if you look at the text, and when Saul came to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed that he believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him unto the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he preached boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming and going out of Jerusalem and he spoke, spake boldly in the name of Jesus Christ and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. So, Obviously, he's not preaching the gospel of grace here. He's still preaching Christ. So, again, I don't think he received the mystery in the three-year period between Damascus and coming to Jerusalem because he's still preaching Christ. But when we get to verse number 30, and I'm going to skip over a little bit and we'll back up next to tomorrow, but, and when the brethren knew it, they brought him down to Caesarea. And sent him forth to Tarsus. So, of course, when he left Jerusalem, he went into Caesarea. That's where Antioch is, which is where they were first called Christians. And then you go around that little little boot there uh, in the Mediterranean Sea. You're at Tarsus and you're at Cilicia. So, by the time he gets to Jerusalem 14 years later for the council, he's already talking about Gentile believers that he encountered right after he left Jerusalem this time. So anyway, um, that's kind of the case. I'm, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So <laughs> uh, you can study that. Um, but the big question is, when did Paul receive the mystery? When did God reveal um, the mystery that had previously been hidden, which was, the body of Christ made up of Jew and Gentile. Because up until this point, Gentiles are not part of what's going on here. And that's why I have come to reject that the church as you and I know it was born in Acts chapter number 2. Um, it couldn't have been born then because nobody was believing in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, so they were still repenting and getting baptized, awaiting a kingdom that they wanted to come, that they longed to come, that they expected to come, but did not come because the nation had rejected the king himself. So anyway, I hope that, hope that confuses you and, uh, <laughs> and I hope you guys have a great day. Remember God loves you, wants the best for you, he's working all things out for your good.